Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Now, in today's episode, we'll talk about Betty White, not the famous actress that most people know, but a very talented psychic who was active in the 1920s. Betty died in 1939. Her husband, Stuart Edward White, was a well-known naturalist and world traveler, author of more than 40 books on things about romance, adventure, exploring uh, new frontiers and pioneer settings and the like. He was totally uninterested in the afterlife until Betty developed abilities as a medium, at first unwillingly in 1919, but later enthusiastically. The information coming through Betty was of such high quality that Stuart White gradually gained a lot of respect for it, regardless of its source. And after accumulating over 400 typewritten pages from the entities speaking through Betty, who were called the Invisibles by the Whites, he summarized and published them in the Betty Book, published in 1937. And the book was meant to be a description of the afterworld to help guide those who die in their afterlife journey. They generally confirmed what Frederick Myers had described regarding the levels of consciousness, but did not go into so much detail. White also published The World Beyond while Betty was still alive. Now, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Betty died in April 1939, and in September of that year, Betty herself started speaking to her husband through the well-known medium Ruth Finley in Long Island. The Whites had known Ruth Finley when Betty was alive. Mrs. Finley was a well-respected journalist and held positions that included managing editor of the Washington Herald, women's editor of a newspaper syndicate, associate editor of McClure's Magazine, and she was a member of the steering committee of the National Federation of Business and Professional Women's Clubs. So we're not talking about kooks here, but highly respected and accomplished people. She was also the anonymous author of Our Unseen Guest, a widely read book on psychic phenomena in the 1920s. And she was considered by many to be one of the most gifted trance mediums of the 20th century. Speaking through Ruth Finley, for months, Betty and her invisibles shared many insights. She hadn't gone anywhere, she said, and made the same point emphasized by many others that if we could change the focus of human frequency, we'd be able to see her instead of looking through her, as we do. She repeated the idea posed by Myers that a major difference between life and afterlife is the scope of awareness, with afterlife senses being able to tune in to more realities. Now, one of the most outspoken of the quote-unquote invisibles uh, was one called Lady Anne. And Lady Anne pointed out that consciousness is the only reality, and matter and mind are only aspects of it. Earth consciousness, she explained, is adapted to a universe in which there are many structures to bump into, not just physical, but also mental, 
as when other people's ideas and thoughts obstruct you from doing what you want to do. Hence the term unobstructed universe to describe the larger universe where these obstructions do not apply. Stuart White published these ideas in a book, The Unobstructed Universe, in 1940. It's a comprehensive and scientifically interesting account of life after death. It's also a compelling example of Betty speaking to her husband, getting across ideas that she felt were important to spread. She explained they were all working hard. They were all working hard on people who come over suddenly, and they don't know what's happening to them. It would help a lot, she said, if people had some understanding of the transitional phase so they could make it more smoothly, and there would be less work for those on the other side who are helping them. It's interesting, by the way, that this same point would be made by a spirit guide 60 years later, uh, 60 of our Earth years later, to uh, Bruce Mowen, whom you'll be introduced to in a future podcast. Now, apparently we haven't made much progress there. Now, as important as the book itself, uh, the unobstructed universe also conveys a warm emotional relationship that still existed between Betty and Stoot, as she called her husband, after Betty died. In fact, he was so satisfied just by feeling her presence during the months since April 1939 when she died, he felt no need and had no desire for verbal communication uh, that started through Mrs. Finley in September. But there was work to be done, and Betty, always a hard worker, was eager to get started. Now, the book's also informative for the many details Betty gives about the way she was operating, how she experienced the senses, traveled in time and space, perceived our universe, managed to communicate through Joan, as they called uh, Mrs. Findlay, and influenced some events on Earth in order to get her message across. That's an important one. They can influence events on Earth in order to make things happen that will enable them to get a message across. She talks about learning, rest, games, and other subjects familiar to us. Time and again, she emphasized the, quote, here-ness of immortality, the fact that there is only one universe, that she existed both in our world and in the unobstructed universe that we don't experience. That's because her awareness mechanism could now take in a much larger field of experience in her after-death condition. I haven't gone anywhere, she insisted, and told Stute that her touch of him was just as real as ever to her. On the subject of consciousness, Betty also made it clear in simple terms that consciousness creates form, not the other way around. It was the one and only reality, she said, and she explained how it manifested, manifested itself in different degrees in our universe. The consciousness frequency of each species exists outside our world and manifests as that species when it is in it. I read that slowly because there's a lot in there. The consciousness frequency of each species exists outside our world and manifests as that species when it is in it. She also emphasized that consciousness is always evolving. There is, for example, she explained, a degree in the evolution of consciousness that we will call treeness. And in manifesting, it becomes a tree. Now, to that, there is a corresponding frequency. The same thing for an electrical spark, she pointed out. 
and for all the different types of things that exist in our universe. Everything has consciousness, she said, but in different degrees, and it's all existing at once. She told Stoot, her husband, this, You are that frequency of consciousness that is a man. Oxygen is that frequency of consciousness, which is oxygen. A tree is that frequency of consciousness, which is a tree. All right, there's more to talk about, uh, about Betty White, and I'll stop uh, this episode right now and continue talking about Betty in the next episode. Again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you Lessons from the Helpful Dead.